Welcome to Cast of Creators. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Thal. And I'm Casey Stewart. We spent our careers in media and publishing, and now we're setting the stage for creative people who inspire us to share their stories. Our guests today are Good Enough Live Karaoke, Toronto's best live karaoke band with over 400 songs they play and you sing. We talked about how the band came to be eight years ago, the hundreds of shows they've played since, and learned a bit about their group of professional musicians. This is the most guests we've ever had on an episode yet. Here we go. Tim, Esty, Zane, welcome to Cast of Creators. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. We're cool. excited yeah. to be here. Glad you're here. It's our first episode with three guests. Well, so yes. it is Hell very yeah. trailblazing. Trailblazing. Really yeah, blazing a new trail. And I'll tell you, blazing a new trail in multiple ways. Because when I first heard about Good Enough Karaoke. Yeah, live karaoke. Uh, live karaoke. I, I, I said to Casey, I mean, if I were a singer... I could like go up on stage and have a backing band and request a track that I've always wanted to sing on stage and I'd be able to like sing this thing live like I was like in the band and she's like yeah that's exactly what it is and I said this is fantastic so I mean and you know what's amazing is we've done 895 shows so far I've been keeping track of it yeah and so we're gonna have 896 is going to be tomorrow. Wow. Uh, and people still have not heard of it, which is like, it's good because it means there's so much room for growth. Yeah. People have not heard of the concept of live yeah. band karaoke, not even just us. People are still like, oh, when I tell people, they're like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I have a live karaoke band. They're like, live karaoke band? What's that? <laughs> yeah, people don't. Yeah. And then yeah. you tell them and they're like, oh, that's a really cool idea, is sort of like almost the response like the response you get almost every time. Yeah. yeah. I bet. And you know, I was looking at the uh, the clients you've played for, Amazon, Google, yeah. Staples, E1, YouTube. I mean, you've got like the every brand. We've can, played for everybody. For everybody. Yeah. yeah. And we can, and people will hire us for anything like high school graduation parties, retirement oh. parties, weddings, like it's... Bar mitzvahs. Yeah. yeah. Bar mitzvahs. <laughs> it's like anything. That's the cool thing about it too, is that it's a different show every night because it's different songs different singers and then it's just like in a different situation all the time so you know keeps me on my toes and it's like you know there's certain things that are the same yeah but there's certain things that are different so it's like always just you can plan ahead but you're walking in the room and it's going to be a little bit different every time and you got to tweak it to make sure that it suits the circumstance yeah absolutely and you're a guitar player guitar and keys yeah guitar and keys oh, yeah fantastic and you ladies i play bass cool oh cool and I'm the host, and I sing backup vocals. Love it. Oh, yeah. love and a little tambourine. <laughs> so <laughs> fun. Tambourine game is like out of the Oh, park. thank you. When the song's called for it, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's your concept originally. Where did this so the, idea come from? The idea was actually uh, from an ad agency because right. uh, I was the sound tech at Parts and Labor. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maddie Matheson's restaurant yep. at the time. So I was there like almost every show they had the whole time they were open. And Andrew Hussey, who was the sound tech at the Hoxton, which was the same owners as yeah. Parts and Labor, he called me and he said, uh, there's an ad agency that wants to have a karaoke band in two weeks for their holiday party. But I don't even know if a band like that exists and they don't have a very big budget. So if they do, they're probably not gonna do it for a, you know, a corporate party. Can you, do you know anybody who could just 
throw something together or do you want to do it? It doesn't even have to be very good. Just <laughs> pull 20 songs together and if you can just make it happen on any level, then great, it's a success. So I did that and called three dudes I knew and none of them knew each other. Yeah. But I was just like, okay, well, Craig plays bass and Jesse plays guitar and pulled the band together. And so then as we were practicing, we're like, okay, I've got to learn 20 songs in two weeks. And all right, next song. Like, let's do the next one. Yeah. But I think. Yeah, you know, it's good enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if next one. So that's where the name came from. It was kind of a joke. Yeah. It's and great. then as time has gone on, I, st- I, I still love the name because it sort of undersells it in a sense. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, good enough. They kind of expect that we might be kind of half assed or something. But then when we go up there and we, you know, yeah. All the songs. But not only that, the singers. Yes. You know, they yeah. don't have to be. It lowers the pressure. Not be intimidated. Yeah. It lowers the pressure for the singers, yeah. for sure. But I like the name that it, it sort of like under promises and over delivers because it's also very common for people to say, like, after they see it, they're so like, oh. You guys are really good. You guys are so like, tight. I was yeah. expecting you guys to not be that good, and it was going to be kind of like the original pitch. I'm like, doesn't you have to be that good? It would be fine. It's like, but you got all the guitar solos, and yeah. like, you're really nailing these songs. It's like, oh, yeah, this old thing. Oh, yeah. You know. yeah, that's 895 right. shows later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They really are good. Um, I mentioned that I'm I'm, assuming you've sang. I have sang with the band a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorites, um, uh, obviously the Gladstone, which we all were there. The tiff Um, parties. Yeah, and tiff parties have been my absolute favorite. Like the mongrel party that happens at that venue, Campbell House. Campbell House, House. always a good time. Yeah, Um, and I would. I have been like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go to the party, and then I. I'd see Lauren, and Lauren's been on the podcast, and be like, oh, Tim and the band are playing. Okay, let's go, you know, because we know it's going to be a good time. And, I mean, I've sung all kinds of things from, like, Johnny Cash to, like, Spice Girls. And, yeah, so, so much fun. Yeah, it's that's the other thing. It's just like there's all different genres because we got to have something for everybody. With the playing, since we're at all these different circumstances, it's like got to have Spice Girls, but <laughs> you know we also have you know the Misfits and Red Hot Chili Peppers and yeah. whatever. We got to have something for everybody. How many songs are you up to now? Up to two fifty. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So anybody, so walk me through, if somebody, you know, like how many different people do you have in the band? Is it constant or do you uh, have about 14 or? right now. Okay. And and, and if you I mean, we play as a four a piece, band, though. You play as a four piece. Yes. Okay. So you spool up a number of different musicians on the full catalog. Yes. That and that's, then that's one thing that sort of, in this one sense, holds us back of why I can't just add, like, oh, I, I learned these hundred songs. Let's just add these. It's like, I got to wait for everybody else. Yeah. And be reasonable for them to be able to learn these songs. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, having all these people allows me to just book shows whenever. It's like, oh, right. you're not available? Yes. Okay, then we'll go to the next oh, person. Oh, you yeah. don't want to be merc- be at the mercy of one player. Exactly. Right. Book and you sometimes play different venues with different people on yes. the same night. Yes, exactly. So I'll have like a whole... I've. You know, I, I, I look at it as that I'm trying to set what the brand is. It's running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we also have, you know, if I get, if I have a, you know, if I have a booking already on a date and then something comes in and it's big money, I don't want to turn that down. No. So I've. Or if it's super fun. Or super fun. Because, you know, sometimes those things don't coincide. Yeah. And, you know, if it's super fun and there's not a lot of money, maybe we still want to do it anyways. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh. You know, that way, so I'll try, I'll try to book on a whole other lineup and try to have them replicate the show as if I was there. 
So do you remember as a basis spooling up your entire the entire catalog's worth of music? Like, how did you practice for it all? He gave you the list of songs. Well, and yeah. That, that's a whole story in itself. It, yeah. yeah. Story in itself. Because <laughs> SD actually... I'll start the story and then you okay, can yeah. Because I was like, I know there's. I will introduce story the here. story here. So, okay. uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, in our bubble because she and I lived together. Yeah. Uh, so it, I came up with the idea of why don't you play bass? She had been to hundreds <laughs> of shows before of, of wow. our shows, yeah. so she knew the catalog. Had sang with us so many times, and SD is a gynecologist, a physician. Okay. Yeah, so, natural uh, bases. Did, <laughs> Did not, uh, did not yeah. need the gig, but I was like, you know, that way we yeah, can practice together. And so I had a short scale bass, lent it to her, and we took a picture. And within a month, uh, she was playing her first show ever at the Phoenix. Wow. Terrifying. So, uh, Absolutely. Because anybody I, can suggest, like, if I'm coming up on stage, I, I've got one of 300 songs to right. toss it's like, to throw it's you. Right, like it's like an exam. You're, you're, it's like a jukebox. And we lowered it to 100 songs for that very first show. <laughs> okay. Because she had, like, basically four weeks of never having played bass right. before. Now she's got to, like, navigate it, playing this instrument. Do you have the sheet music in front of you or anything, or is it all just... Uh, uh, tabs, yeah. Tabs. Yeah. Tabs yeah. In front of yeah, that's great. Yeah, we have charts yeah. on an iPad. Yeah. But it was amazing that, you know, it was in the middle of the pandemic. It was August uh, 20th, 2020. Yeah. Was, the, was that show it's at the incredible. Phoenix. But I called some of the other band members and just based on availability, nobody else was really around. They were out of town. I'd remember working remote. So I was like, okay, SD, uh, you're going to play at the Phoenix. It's and she very just started playing. Song. Very impressive. Awesome. I'm like, no. the whole show. Like, wow. Like, no, I'm not. not very me. impressive. I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, you. Oh, man. And then also Janine, who was on your T-shirt there. Yeah. She was playing drums. So she was in our bubble. Yeah. And she had also come to, she had sang, we had this, the list up to 400 songs at one point. Oh, my and God. And over a three-year period, uh, Janine had come and sang about 200 of those songs. It's very common. Usually people have, even if they're like regulars at our shows, maybe they have two or three songs that are their regular songs that they're going to sing. But no, Janine was working her way through the list. <laughs> that was her mission. So she had yeah, sang like about song. 200 songs and she had taken a few drum lessons, you know, in the you know previous year. Yeah. Uh, but was definitely not a pro drummer yet. But I was like, you know what? You're going to play the Phoenix. <laughs> same, same thing. She's like, me? No, not me. I'll play one song maybe. I'm like, oh no. You and Esty are going to play the show with oh me my God, at you the Phoenix. Have seen Janine and I at the like, yeah. Were you guys freaking or what? We're totally freaking. Oh, the yeah. Two of us. We're standing next to each other, looking at each other, going, "What's passive and active on the amp?" I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was like the middle of the pandemic, so there were no shows happening. Yeah. So, so were there people there? Yeah. So people. I okay. showed up and I was like, "I'm so excited. We're playing a yeah. show." And, and these and two I, were like, <laughs> and big props I to Lisa Zabitnew, the owner of yes. the Phoenix, who had like, it was her idea to approach yeah. us. And she saw that, you know, we've been friends on Facebook for yeah. several years. So she sees how much I promote the band and everything. And yeah. she just needed, you know, the Phoenix is a, a venue. They're not promoters. Yeah. So they're used to running the shows, uh, but they yeah. needed somebody else to actually promote it. So she's like, do you think you can get 100 people out? And then they staged the room really nicely. Like they had these gi giant beautiful. leather couches. Yeah. Oh so we were selling the like tickets. Spaced it, it out. Was, yeah. It was like the social everyone had like their own VIP have... booth, basically. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was basically nice. like VIP booths. And so we were selling the tickets in blocks of four or six so that you could be seated together and still have that, you know, six 
six feet or whatever. Oh, that's right. nice. And that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 that actually sounds very Yeah, Can we do that again? Yeah. 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 I like that. It was and that's what we were saying. I was like, if this is the future of what concerts are going to be like moving forward, like, yeah, I'm it's okay like, with this. Seems... Your own little space, your own little dance floor. Yeah. You can and it just felt, you know, after four or five months of being inside and not seeing anybody in person, just the feeling in the room for those hundred people being there, it was just like, oh my God, we're in a room together. Again, like it's not, everything's not over. People yeah. are tearing up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a very emotional. And you know, and I I could tell even just from the amount of staff that they had there and what our ticket prices were a hundred people. Like I know Lisa was losing money. Yeah. She was already losing money by having, you know. Not huge, being open. Yeah, yeah not being open. Venue, and then she was opening and losing even more money just doing the show to give her staff some work. Yeah. And everything. And so it's just like, oh, like what a woman. And also, Anytime I've talked to any of the people that work at the Phoenix, everybody's just like, Lisa, Lisa, she's so great. Like, everybody yeah. just has nothing but amazing things to say about her. And I feel lucky that we got to play five shows there because we did the one in August 2020. Yeah. And then there was like, you know, then there was more lockdowns. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so summer last year, we came back and were able to do four more shows. She had us do a monthly. David Bowie was on that stage. Yeah, yeah. so was like, I. Yeah. Yeah. Like we would never yeah. get a chance to play at a venue that size because normally it makes sense for us to be playing to 100, 150 people. Right. You know, because we can only do 35 songs in a night. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if there's 500 people there or there's 100 people, we can still only do the same amount of songs. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense for us to just play more shows smaller groups so to get to be in this giant room that's normally a 1500 capacity the mm. full yeah because that's a pretty big space oh yeah big yeah. space yeah, they big staged stage so well. yeah professionalized professional sound like yeah. countless historical legends and performances there and yeah we got to be there because the pandemic happened yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's wild to think about it that way yeah silver lining yeah did you come off the stage after your first show and just like instantly hooked like couldn't wait for the next show or what was what was well, that feeling I mean, like i've been i've been hooked on the band since i <laughs> yeah, sang but the not, first time but, but I, not playing bass in it i mean does it is it different than just singing in it playing the, an instrument you find I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the singers, mm -hmm. even when I was a singer, right? Mm -hmm. Cheering people on. So when I'm on stage, I'm like, people come up and I go, oh, I like your shoes, and <laughs> that was so good, and and so that was so good, and and. And coming off the stage that time, yes, I was relieved. There's no doubt about it. I, think I, you're I ecstatic did have more confidence <laughs> because yeah, sure. you know she sees women give birth all the time, and yeah. you know, after they give birth, they're like, "Ah, oh, what a relief! I have my baby." And I think after that show, she's like, oh, "The show is over. I didn't bomb it. I actually did really well." And you it was just baby. like, "What a relief!" Yeah, I've got the got it out. You know, she's got it under her belt. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's all bloody and full of mucus. <laughs> 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 and now two years and later. I love it. The point is, you made it. Yeah, It's yours. You made it. I made it. No one can take it away from you. Yeah. And I do think, you know, two years later, I, th I figured when she started playing, it would probably take about two years to, like, really start to feel comfortable. And yeah. I was right. And, you know, so it was good to have those early shows where she was able to still, like, you know, work really hard, mm -hmm. pull it off, and yeah. then have a little break and just have some time for practicing. Yeah. And then... You know, now, you know, you've probably done, what, 20 shows this year or so? Yeah, maybe, yeah. There's, there's two other bass players in the band. Yeah, I have Craig cool. Mailman, who's the original mm -hmm. day one bass player, who's always been in the band. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Mike Bell is, an, is the other third bass player. So sort of just 
Yeah. Try to split it up between everybody. How many drummers? Three, three right now. We've got uh, well, and then Janine's coming back actually. Nelson's too. a drummer. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> and can probably play a lot of songs. Has a drum kit on his cottage. I tell you, even for me, going through the three hundred of them or whatever songs, how many songs? It's it's, it's actually quite a, a daunting task. Oh yeah. To it is it. so much like an exam. What questions are they going to ask? Mm-hmm. Like you know your audience, and you go, what what songs are they right. going to pick? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like. It, I feel like I'm at U of T all over again. Yeah, because you only prepare so much because... Yeah, I bet. You know, if it was even, you know, you 40 songs and you want to cram for that and try and get them all right, but it's like when there's hundreds and right. you're like trying to, you know, funnel down of how you're going to... Yeah, especially if you're not really used to playing other people's songs. Like, I think of how many times I've actually played other people's songs. Not not very much. Yeah, yeah. Know? So it's a to- it's totally different animal playing other people's songs in that sense. Yeah. And I was like- always just in punk bands before, played bass and drums in, you know, not very popular punk bands. <laughs> and then I started playing keys. I started teaching myself keys, uh, would have been around 2012, and then started going out and sort of doing sing-along gigs. I remember you were at my New Year's Eve party. I was. Uh, when I did, when I opened it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, and there was like music on different floors and all yeah. things happening and like a super awesome party in the basement and all the lights. It was, that was a great time. Yeah, and I opened it with the sing-along of me playing piano in the living room and I sort of so good. did that early thinking like, so this is even before I'd started Good Enough, but that was sort of my first foray into doing covers. Uh, and I just, you know, wasn't trying to like play them exactly how they were, but just kind of banging out the mm-hmm. chords and trying to do a sing-along. And I was surprised even that night at what a good response it was getting. It was amazing. That was like one of the best New Year's ever. Oh, yeah. Was that was definitely, a, those were the peak such years. Such a good time. <laughs> oh, thinking back. <laughs> You mean peak years for, for you in this in in oh, no, or for peak my, years for, in just from my house party? Oh, for house party. Oh yeah, one five nine man. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I guess, I guess you have you not doesn't heard. Really, of the, he hasn't been, and he doesn't really know about the your legendary okay, house. Because that's another thing is that before the band, my house parties was sort of what I was known for around Toronto. So I would okay. throw these uh, big New Year's Eve parties at one five nine Manning, okay. and uh, it started. With, and then I also did a North by Northeast barbecue. So the very first New Year's Eve party was, I think, 2007. And I'd, I'd moved to Toronto January 2005, went out the end of that year, and was sort of disappointed by New Year's and was like, you know what? I could throw a better New Year's Eve party. So the next year, got like 20 of my friends. We all put in 15 bucks, got a keg, <laughs> decorated the house, had a great time. You know, and then the next year we got... 40 people in two kegs. <laughs> then the next year, it was like all the bands that were associated with the house, the people that had practice spaces or were at the house, we did th- three bands play. So it just kept expanding and getting expanding. bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then uh, to the point where, you know, uh, I think maybe five or six years in, then, you know, George Strombolopoulos came and he was tweeting about it. And that sort of like impressed a lot of people. And then I ended up getting a job on his show the next year as a result of that, of him coming to the party. Yeah. Wow. Uh, was then I got a job as the audience coordinator on okay. season eight of the TV show of George Strombolopoulos yep. tonight. Uh, and then, so then that, the year that I worked on his show, because uh, that would have been... Uh, August 2011 to June 2012. That was the one year I didn't throw a New Year's Eve party because 
I was working 50 hours a week at CBC, and then I was going to, so I'd work during the day at CBC. Then I'd ride my bike out to Parkdale, and I'd do sound at Parts and Labor. Yeah. Right. Uh, I remember those times, too. Yeah. So I was just, like, working all the time. But, I mean, all those gigs, like, what, am I going to get rid of my Parts and Labor gig because I had the CBC job? Like, no, I'm getting, you know, I'm eating food made by Maddie Matheson every night, and yeah. there's, like... Great shows in the basement. Mark Pesci was booking all these amazing acts that would never play in a basement that small normally, mm -hmm. but had bigger bands coming in. So I was working 90 hours a week, but it was all... It was fun. Yeah, it was fun, and it was all worthwhile stuff that like I've got stories and experiences from all that. So that was the one year I did not throw a party, and I went to Halifax with Sloan for New Year's Eve that year, because I, I have a, a bit of an association with them, and I was like, guys, I... I got to do something for New Year's Eve. Yeah. I don't have time to plan a party, so I got to have something with a story. Can I just, like, I'll, if you'll pay for my flight, I'll just be an extra <laughs> pair of hands, and, like, I'll be a stagehand. You guys don't even have to pay me or anything for it. So we did that. And then the next year, brought the New Year's Eve party back, and... Yeah, it was just like kept. I get, I, then I started getting media coverage from it each year too. So that was the one thing that I was running around, you know, playing in bands and taking photos and doing this and that. And every time I would throw either my New Year's Eve party or the summer barbecue, I'd have some media outlet would call me, and I'd get to do interviews, and interviews, stuff. And all like, kinds of stuff. yeah, and and then always I'd get stuff from that too. So and these then tip stuff. Up, yeah, yeah, and then the, the tip stuff is like. We're actually talking to them. Hopefully, I'll find out this week if we're going to be if they're doing a another mongrel yes. party. Oh, let's so, cross our yeah. fingers! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. so hope we're doing it again. So fun. <laughs> the best. Awesome. Um, were you playing inside or outside of Campbell House? Inside. 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 Uh, uh, second floor. On the second floor. Yeah. 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 So usually, what they do is they'd have us play for the whole week. So we're the one act. You know, they have like. I think the last year we were there would have been 2019. I think they had the Beaches play Beaches that year, there, yeah. and maybe Deer Rouge, and so they have like a lot of bigger artists yeah. play outside. And then we'd be up on the second floor, and we'd be there the whole week that they'd be open, like the house band, yeah, the like the house band, band. yeah. And we'd get a lot of a lot of corporate events from that. Awesome, that, that I bet. Yeah, throughout the year, as we'd be getting a lot of these private and corporate events, we'd say, "Look, where, where'd you hear of us?" Campbell House from, yeah. the, from the Mongrel party. So it's a great party too. Yeah. It's really, so really yeah, great party. It's, it's just always been a good look for us and Yeah. yeah it's on brand, I think. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you moved to Toronto from from Windsor. Oh, okay. So I was actually oh, also from Windsor, Windsor too. Mm. Awesome. I was well, actually on uh, on Cruise. Lauren. Yeah, we went right. to school together. Well, Cuz Lauren's from Chatham. Yeah, yeah. And then lived in Windsor for a while. So I was I was working on cruise ships. Uh, I was working for Princess Cruises doing theater production. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. In oh. 2004, I spent pretty much the whole year. I was like, it was two six-month contracts. So I was home for a month in Windsor that summer and then went back out. So it was like uh, when I first flew out, we flew out to Fort Lauderdale mm -hmm. yeah. and then did those these 10-day cruises where it was like, it's a giant ship. If you've not seen a cruise ship before in person... It is crazy when you yeah. see it the first time yeah. because yeah. we don't have them around here. No, uh, yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, it's you know, crazy. it's like 17 stories tall. It takes five minutes to walk. You know, from one end to the other, thousand crew members, two thousand passengers. Wow. So yeah, the first time I went down there was uh, you know ten day cruises. We'd be going to Jamaica, Costa Rica, Panama Canal. Uh, I've Mexico. Done that one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and then we and then at the season change we'd go through the canal, up uh -huh. and do Alaska. 
and then uh, seven day cruises. And then so I went home for a month and then came back and did basically the exact same cruise. And then I was home in Windsor for a vacation and I and I had become a huge fan of Vice magazine maybe a year and a half earlier and had not really seen it before. Mm-hmm. But just during that time when I was on cruise ships, I was like, oh, I really feel like I should be working for Vice, but I don't know what I'd be doing. And like, here I am stuck on ships. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I went home and I was uh, partying with this friend of mine, Dragon, and uh, he, uh, his real name, Serbian name. Awesome. Uh, and he's, he was also a fan of Vice and he saw an ad on the website saying that Vice Toronto was hiring. Awesome. Like, dude, they're hiring. You'll get that job. So I hit them up. I didn't know anybody, but just sent them a long, crazy email. Wow. Got a job interview. And then that's, uh, and then ended up running into Eric Lavoie, the guy who interviewed me. I, I saw him at the Chelsea room that night, which is now the Black Hoof, and partied with him. And I got the job. And that's how I moved to Toronto. Awesome. I didn't I, realize that. Yeah. Oh, that's, man. I, have, I totally love Vice so much. I, learned about Vice in 2004. I lived in Australia and they oh, yeah. always had them outside this one store. So yep. I always picked them up. And when I came to Toronto, I, that's when the Vice store was there. And yep. I went and I actually got a back catalog of magazines and they were the same covers that I got in Australia yep. and Canada, but different ads. Mm-hmm. And I still have them all. They're like a prize. See, like that's... The Vice, I will never get Actually, rid of them. got them all too. I've got them. I, I, they I was work the, so cool. I was the production manager for the US and Canadian editions. Okay. So when you're saying about like different ads and different I'm like yep that was my that was my shit back then yeah. was like you know coordinating sending ads to the international editions and stuff but uh, I was oh, that's uh, what I got yeah so I was I was the second person hired at the Toronto office wow uh, and then they closed that vice store five months later and moved it out to Parkdale but yeah I was there yeah. for four and a half years and that's how I got introduced to Toronto because I, I grew up in Windsor I'd always go to the States when I'd go mm-hmm. traveling yeah, of course. hardly ever came up here did not know the city did not grow up with much music we never had cables so it's just like right. it felt like just coming into a totally foreign place but I had this vice business card and yeah. a vice email address that's a ticket right there <laughs> yeah and so I would just go out and like anything I could get on the guest list for if it was like a you know a a, a marketing event for vacuum cleaners. I'd be like, great, put me on the list. What's going on here? Nice to meet you. I just was going out meeting anybody I could just to figure out like what is going on in this city because I had I had no idea. I had no history here. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. And when did you move to Toronto? I moved to Toronto in 2010, also for a job with the federal government. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you still I work there? I don't work for them anymore. No, it was, a, it was a long 10 years with them um, between Windsor and Toronto. And uh, I quit there a couple of years back to try and focus more on performing. And my career's had a crazy trajectory since then. We won't totally get into it. But um, I, rem- I remember like talking with you about this and you wanted to be doing more creative things. Yes. And didn't want to do that anymore, which it's I can true. understand. You worked doing it's that true. in government? I worked <laughs> in the Yeah, it was wild. It was like, you know, I did love what I did for so long, but then, you know, changes always happen. And, you know, with the power shifts and all that, um, I got really burnt out and I got sick at the same time. So it was just like a perfect storm. I was like, this is my time to step away. I want to focus on other things. So yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to get out when I can and uh, here I am a few years later and and right now for this summer my focus is solely on music which is wild Um, but I 
I'm just so happy. I'm so grateful to Tim for, you know, all the opportunities that he's given me with Galk and with other things. Like, I can't tell you all of the bucket list checks that I have from being associated with this band like singing at the horseshoe singing at the rivoli singing at lee's palace singing at the phoenix getting to back up chris murphy from sloan at the phoenix who i've been singing along with since i was in high school like just all of these wild experiences and now this weekend we're going to boots and hearts and it's like Okay, to be fair, I'm not a country fan. Right. Trust me, you'll have a good time. Yeah, exactly. You can't not have a good time. Number one, I'm not going, I'm going, um, Lauren's getting married and I'm going to her wedding wedding thing in Chatham. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Lauren. But but I've been to Boots and Hearts and I'm not usually a country, but I love to, I love a good time. It's a music festival. Exactly. I was just, that's what struck me the, the first year. This is our third time. So the first year, you know, we went and it was great. Right? But then I, so, the energy is so positive. Yeah. yeah, and I camped the second year. So then this was it was you know, I got the whole band camping this year. Oh my god! Now just so we have the full experience. Yes. Oh, yes, that's amazing. the thing. It's like yes. all Very everything exciting. else aside, like getting to go to a music festival for free. Awesome camping with my friends. Awesome. Shania Twain is headlining. Okay. Oh, wow. Yes. This yeah. will actually yeah, that's be awesome. my second time seeing Shania. Oh, amazing! The, the I've first, never seen her live. The first time was at the Grey Cup. Uh, like what five or six years ago she was the halftime show yes and choir 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 which yep. I'm a part of uh, we sang the national uh, anthem at the Grey Cup so then we got to be on the on the field for the halftime show so, cool. so I was like right in front of the stage oh my god cool. so second time yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be we're gonna we're gonna try and make something happen yeah I feel like <laughs> I you guys have such good vibes and like I know you long time yeah. and like Plus, I like, feel like something great's gonna happen out of like the four number of songs that we do like man I feel like a woman is what if she sings with you that would oh be insane God. I'm putting it out there yes Shania come to the, the Monster Energy Drink stage yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know I it's mean you never know anything Magic can happen, happen. yeah anything we, you know happen. we're gonna we're gonna play for three days so you know maybe we set a rep the first uh, couple of days and then she all gets the, word of it all that ha- has to happen is someone tells her and she'll say that's really cool and then yeah. maybe yeah. she'll just show exactly. up exactly we've had, I mean we've had some crazy people some crazy lots of the official good enough live karaoke like motto was we play you sing but it should really be like anything could happen because <laughs> there's just especially like at the tiff parties you know there's always big yeah, names any fresh west that was wasn't that the closing of the last party that was great yeah, yeah. He, so, did he I, sing the last like, song his, we played at the what, last tiff party i think he his did own uh, song. let your backbone slide that's his song right <laughs> yeah and that's like yeah i think that's that the band did so play it funny yeah because like Somebody in the band noticed him from across oh, the room. Was like, "Maestro Fresh West, get him over here." <laughs> I can't and, remember. Yeah. It's yeah. the song with the "These Eyes" sample in it. Is that it? I don't know. <laughs> so each one of those days is a karaoke set. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it's different because the singer's different, the songs picked are different. Yeah. Right. Well, is Often the singer the band different, different each song? Yeah. 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 That's in the audience. Right. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Great. Like on these so flashcards. I'm, I'm thinking correct. Right? Yeah. Right. So, so it's a completely. That's why you can. That's why you can. The band can do so many shows because it's a completely. Yeah. There's different no point show. in having a radius Every clause or something time. with us no. because yeah. it's like. 
it's a different show every time. So you have somebody from the band in the audience sort of a, getting a line vision. together? Like, how do you get that organized? So that's Zane is off stage, and... So she can. Oh, you, you'd be good at that job. You're yeah. good, you must be good. At that I. Job. I could see you doing that. I like the official She's title the as best. host. I like to say general karaoke support. Yes. Because um, yeah, not the MC necessarily. Yeah. Though she is on the mic a bit, we can we both can banter back and forth. Okay. But since we can't answer questions when we're actually you know literally up there playing guitar. Yeah. You need somebody to... I'm the buffer. Yeah. But yeah, I do everything from like helping people pick a song if they're like stuck between two. Um, I pump their tires before they get on stage. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I sing backups and harmonies. If they fall off the tracks, I help them get back on, assuming I know the song pretty well, which I try to know most of the songs, not all the songs, but I'm getting there. I love to pump tires too. Though. Yeah, yeah. people so are like, like, "Oh my god, I'm so nervous." A small no, thing, no, like, no. Exactly. You know, as soon as someone is walking up to the stage, just going, "Hey, welcome to the stage," and seeing their face change because it can be very <gasps> daunting. It's incredibly for daunting. Smile on their on faces once they've done their first yeah. song and it went okay, and everyone's cheering them. It's like, it's incredible. Oh my god, I'm hooked. And they're hooked. And then they're what, like, what "When, when, when can I do I'm another song?" Gonna, yeah. yeah. Immediately. I'm going to come to the next gig. Yeah. There was a guy from yes. Mississauga the next day. He came. He was at Rec Room Mississauga. Uh -huh. the it was his first song next day. He came to Rec Room Toronto. And then. He followed us. We wow. had a guy yeah. just um, at Union Station on yeah. the Tuesday. Glenn. And he Glenn, came out yeah. on the following Thursday, which was our very next show at We Chief. Because he just was like, this is amazing. I can't yeah. get enough. And that guy has like big rock star energy. So you could tell he was like stoked to sing with the band. Yeah. He knew the songs really well. Oh, yeah. Do you film the shows? No, we should. We have a photographer at every show. That's actually a new thing. Because I've always been, actually, I was known as like a photographer and videographer. Yeah. I've shot like 350 videos for Choir, Choir, Choir. But then I'm never in the videos or the mm -hmm. photos. So that was one thing that coming out of the pandemic that I focused on is trying to hire a photographer for almost every show. Yeah. So we can capture and document what's going on. And it's really oh. added like a whole oh, other yeah. level. Yeah. But I think oh, the next yeah. step will be you could set it, up something like this and that's yeah. sure Oh, you that. did you have live streamed shows before. It's true. Yeah. But it's just it's it's a lot because I'm booking the shows, yeah, you're coordinating the band. Oh, I'm yeah. and so it's just to take on another whole thing is like it's another whole thing. It's another whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely a lot of But you know? that being yeah. said, another like added value that we have is a, a lot of um, like aspiring professional singers will come uh, sing yeah, with us and shoot that. their own video. And then it's like they have this oh, that's awesome little idea. demo video of them singing with a, a real band. professional band. And so that's always been something that I've really appreciated about what we do is like we're helping people do the thing that they yeah. want to do it's yeah. amazing you know it's not just a rock star experience for that five minutes for some people it's like you know a professional tool that they can use mm -hmm. to to further their careers so i was thinking of the people in my life who sing and just thinking about you know letting them know about you because they would absolutely cherish the ability to just go up on stage yes. with a full band. Yeah, because you you never get that opportunity. Like even as a musician, it's quite nice because 
if I was interested in playing more, mm-hmm. it would be such a phenomenal outlet to be able to join a band well, that is doing yeah. shows. The amount, because we play three-hour sets, no it, breaks. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so that's sort of like our, one of the things with the branding. It's like three-hour show, no breaks. Right. And <laughs> just to have that opportunity, like the chops of anybody in the band yeah, you level improve, up you start leveling show. up because yes. you play, you know, even if it's once a week or a couple times a month, or if you end up doing, like, we've been doing a bunch of four-day four, four day runs yeah. recently, like, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh-huh. so if, if you're scheduled to do all four days in a row, like, by the end of that four days, you're it's a better like, musician. Yeah, you, you definitely... Thursday. You just did an yeah. intensive workshop. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you it's multiply true. that by doing it all the time. Like, we, we you know, we were doing... Uh, 200 shows a year for three years leading up to the pandemic. Wow. So Mostly in Ontario? Where are you going mostly on? in Ontario, yeah. Which is another amazing thing, being able to make, for me, being able to make a living from this, uh, but I don't have to tour. So I don't know anybody who can really tell that story. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, so rare. It's so unheard of. Right. Uh, so, and that's why we do unheard of things like playing a three-hour set. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like... How long is a set normally when a band plays? I'm, uh, like a lot of cover bands, bands will I've... do three 45-minute sets. Okay, okay. And that's sort of standard. Uh, but we found when we started doing this band, you know, if we take a break halfway through, then half the audience leaves. Yeah. And then you're calling people yeah, up. It it's, just, it's just like... For what we do, it just makes more sense to stay and just do one long marathon set. Mm-hmm. And when you first join the band, because I did get a bunch of new people, you know, with yeah. you know because of with the pandemic, uh, having to get some new people in, and yeah, even with them, it was like, like man, I'm really sore after that first show. And it's like, oh, don't worry, you'll get you'll get used to it. I remember yeah, though how it was like, you know, feeling like you're hit by a train the next day, <laughs> yeah. you know, and there, when you're not used to playing for three hours straight. Yeah, it's like delivering babies all night. It really is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You would know. Oh, it's a marathon. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised how much work it was. But you're starting to feel like, I think you're starting to bounce back faster from them, right? Yeah. 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 Oh. No, it's great. It's great. Especially when you're playing the shows and you really do level up. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. And then that makes it a lot more fun, too, because... You're not worried about how to play the songs. It's like as you play more, you can just relax and play. Exactly, and just enjoy it. I can say for myself personally, I've definitely become a better singer from all of the Gal mm-hmm. shows because oh, yeah. I also front my own cover band and which is called which is called Gen X. Thank you, Tim. Um, awesome. We're we're a '90s rock cover band. Cool. And yeah, <laughs> just by sheer virtue of doing it constantly. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> um, you just get better from doing yeah, it you put same, in the hours singing. it's like just having to do it and having to like back people up it's just like my own voices singing voices improved definitely so much over the years do you guys have like a favorite i know you mentioned playing some legendary venues what's like a, your favorite venue that you've ever played everyone uh for me, the most consistent one is probably Hartwood Concert Hall in Owen Sound. Okay. Uh, that's uh, so it's that's owned by Greg Bottrell, okay. who's a longtime. You know, a lot of people would know who he is because he was the booker for the Rivoli in the '90s. Okay. That was in their heyday. You cool. know, when like all the big, you know, grunge bands and stuff had you know passed through. Greg was booking that back then, and he also had a place called Lava Lounge, which I think was before my time in Toronto, but I think was also a pretty known spot. And then he owned Supermarket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was one of the uh, you know, people that opened that, and then had to divest himself of that during the pandemic, but held on to Hartwood. So we've been playing Hartwood Concert Hall for 
I think six years. Awesome. Uh, every every other month, and then even during the pandemic, when it was legal to you know have reduced capacity of yeah. like 50 people, even we were up there. Me and Nasty actually did a show March 2021 yeah. as a duo. So oh, it was her cool. on bass, me on guitar. Oh and my keys gosh, you're so machine. impressive with, <laughs> with the drum machine because yeah. uh, you know just with social distancing, we were like. Yeah. This is the most socially distanced mm-hmm. version of the band we can get. <laughs> yeah, With a drum sure. machine and just two of us. You're in, in each other's bubble already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, there was the precautions that there was, like, you know, the plastic barrier. Yeah. <laughs> spraying down the mic between singers. It was a lot of work. Yeah. To, to, to do it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we had to figure out some way to keep it going in the way, whatever sure. ways we could. Yeah. Uh, but the reason I love Heartwood is they've got great backline, so they have drums and amplifiers there that are really oh, good quality. Nice. So you don't have to lug everything exactly. there. Exactly. Uh, there's power, all, there's like outlets all around the stage. Like Wonderful. All four sides. I love that. It's just everywhere you look, there's power outlets. It's easy to plug <laughs> stuff in. The sound I, is I great. I like the power outlets. Yeah, Room. Yeah, so they have a nice important. green room. It's yeah. just like each, uh, there's so many details about that place to just make it a positive experience for the artist. And it's a mid-sized venue. They've, he did a, a bunch of work on it uh, just pre-pandemic so that he could get his capacity up to 180. Cool. So it's wow. not, it's Good not size. a huge spot, but it's big enough that, you know, he can bring in some mid-sized acts. Yeah, that's awesome. wonderful. And yeah, we've, and we. Good food. Yep. You get fed well. Mm-hmm. That's when they don't have a they don't have a kitchen there. Uh, I love when you post. I love when they feed us at gigs. Oh yes, <laughs> on social because it'll be Tim sitting there with you know maybe a like beer a, and a plate of food, yeah. smiling at the camera, and I was like, "That's a good one, Tim." Yeah, it's like, a great park. It's oysters. Yeah, there's like oysters and lobster or something. It's like, yeah, this is what they feed us at a gig. It's not it's not a bad gig. Yeah. What about you guys? A favorite menu that you played at? For me, it's Rec Room Mississauga. Yeah, I know you love that room. It's my people. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the people who come up and sing there. And they usually pick completely different songs than anywhere else. It's true. It's true, yeah. Yeah. A lot of newer pop stuff. Pop, Prince, um, reggae. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Essie, did you grow up in Mississauga? No, I grew up in Montreal. Oh, Montreal. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But her, just, but her office is in Rexdale. My office is in Rexdale. Okay. It's true. It's true. It's, yeah. It's a really <laughs> nice, diverse, nice, diverse yeah. crowd. Yeah. Which is, which is really nice. Fun. Yeah. yeah. They like to change things up. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think my favorite venue we've ever played is probably the Great Hall, just because that building is so beautiful. The room is yeah. so beautiful. Mm, the stage true, yeah. is like, you know, the traditional proscenium arch stage. I'm a music theater nerd, so <laughs> like that's where I started my performance career. Um, so I just love that stage so much. But I think my favorite show that we ever played was the Buffy show at the Horseshoe. Oh yeah, for me personally, that was that. Right. It was a whole Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed show. Tim got me on the bill at the last minute because I was just like, I need to sing at this show. Yeah, we, it wasn't even a karaoke show. Yeah, so we were the, like, like uh, that's woman Jackie, uh, Mark Lescu, had recruited, recruited us to be the backing band for those. So yeah. it was her concept. I've only seen, like, two episodes of Buffy. <laughs> But, you know, I'm always up for whatever. Yeah, People and approach Buffy me. has so, such diehard fans. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. I saw that from that experience. We did what, one show at the Horseshoe, and then we did another one at Lee's Palace, yeah. the second one. So, yeah, just the, the energy in the room. We did, like, vaguely Buffy-themed songs. Like, I think one song was, was actually from the show, but the rest were just, like, 90s. Uh, no, they were on the soundtrack. 
Yeah, all, were they all on the soundtrack? Yeah, they were all most, definitely most of from them, the show. Yeah, yeah. In wow. Some way. Or like related loosely yeah. to the show. Yeah. But yeah, just the crowd People was amazing. So the energy was amazing. <laughs> the horseshoe was legendary, and yeah. it was just like, yeah, that was that was a major moment for me. Do anything for Halloween? Special stuff for Halloween with the band? I mean. We played a TIFF party in, uh, or like, like the TIFF, the actual building. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. In 2019. So that was for their fundraiser. Oh, the one they, um, I know what it's called. I've been, I think I was there. But yeah, um, I'm sure you what's were it there. called? Um, I, it's, it's got a name. It's called something. It's a big fundraiser. It's always on yes. Halloween. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. fun. Because I'm, for some reason, <laughs> well, really, really great explanation. Casey. Well, what's popping in my head? I've been in like one nation, yeah. but no, no that's it sounds the, like that's Casey had a very good night. I don't remember. Night. I was there though. I don't remember. It's called Boombox. Boombox. That's what it's called. Nice. It's called Boombox. Good save. Okay. It was fun. But actually, our big time of year though, it really is December. Playing company holiday parties. I bet that's a hoot. Oh yeah. It's you know, that's the. That's the busiest time of year for us is yeah. like November, December. And the best food. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I get the pictures of, you know, yeah. when they Oysters eat us and Yes. <laughs> exactly. That one that we played, I will never forget this. There was like a whole trough running on the entire length of the bar that just had like jumbo shrimp and oysters in it. Is that the E1 Ooh. party, I think? Yes. It yeah. was at the brewery. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Raw bar. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Whole length of the bar. Oh. It's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I bet you almost wish you had like two or three bands. Well, yeah. And that's, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's what I do sometimes. Yeah. People. yeah. It's awesome. interesting because you must have like bookings on, on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. You, could, you must have like a handful of bookings sometimes people want you for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So wow. especially that that's one month. I mean, really, that's with doing the double lineups like say uh i did the first one in uh like since pre-pandemic this last two weeks ago we were at the wheat sheaf and gladstone at the same time uh since i had you know we're doing every thursday now at the wheat sheaf but i'm also committed to last uh, second last thursday of the month at gladstone so just double it up and i organize it book who's playing where uh but really, the reason to do that is overall is like, yeah, those holiday parties, that's the time to get two, three lineups going. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that so is fun. awesome. So you have a bunch of recurring shows. Oh, yeah. Every, oh, yeah. Where's every, all your recurring shows? Yeah. So yeah. Everyone should know. So, yeah. So we're doing the weekly at Wheat Sheaf, which is new. We had never played there uh, before the pandemic. It's now being booked by Sean Kramer, who uh, was the guy who had... Uh, opened the Dakota Tavern. Cool. That was his thing. So he sold it since then. And then he opened the Hayloft out in Prince Edward County. And then he sold that. And then he's, and he's I think still booking there. And then now he is booking the Wheat Chief. So when he approached us, because that guy's got a very good reputation. Yeah, you're like, booking, we're in. I'm like, you want to book me? Yes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That's like the stamp of approval when yeah. you can get booked by Sean, I think. Yeah. So uh, so we're doing that. We're doing uh, Gladstone once a month. Uh, we're doing Rec Room, Mississauga, and Toronto, uh, which is also incidentally booked by Mark Pesci, who I know way back from the Toronto punk scene. And then he was the booker at Parts and Labor. Awesome. So, you know, we worked very closely together there. So when he started at Rec Room, it's like just... We've worked together so much; it's a very easy relationship. 
Joker. And oh yeah, and we have Jokers in Richmond I, Hill is a new place. Uh, oh my god, it's a comedy club. Yeah, yeah, comedy bar. We got to work on our spiel. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing yeah, our, our spritz and schmitz. Third, <laughs> third Wednesday of the month there. Uh, and then yeah, Hartwood Concert Hall out in Owen Sound every two months. Uh, wow, this is but this is the regular shows on top of the, all the yeah. other shows. Yeah, all the one-offs. Nineteen shows booked for August, <laughs> and I. I, in my Instagram archives, the August 2019 schedule came up like a couple days ago, and it was like I only had 16 shows booked that month, and yeah. that was 2019. So it's like, whoa, we actually have more shows this month than, you know, it's all the same venues That's as great. before, but we have a few more private gigs. Awesome. So it's like, wow, that means that we're really back. We're yeah. Really back. Absolutely. Making up for we're wrapping up the last few months, but. This is like 2018, 2019 numbers for us. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, the way wonderful you, to hear. Yeah. The way you guys are going, you're at 895? 895. You might big be party at 1,000. Yeah. We're throwing a big party. at 1,000 yeah, right. for the end of the year. I yeah. was thinking it would have to be like a month or two ago. I was like, it'll probably be like March next year. But then seeing... Uh, yeah, I think I've already got also 18 shows booked for September. I was doing a little bit of scheduling earlier this morning, and I still have some stuff open. Yeah. So we'll probably be 20 shows that month. How cool would it be if the 1,000th show coincided with New Year's Eve? Yeah, that's that what I was just going to say. That would be so cool. That would be so fun. That would be synchronicity. More yes. bookings. More bookings. Yeah. Come on, Shania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And I mean, yeah. there was there was already an iconic moment in Gelk history at the last Boots and Hearts with the famous backflip oh, on yeah. stage. Yeah. yeah. So someone did a backflip yep. back on stage in the middle of their song. Wow. We got it on video, too. Wow. Yeah. So, and that was used for tons of marketing that summer. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? We could have another magical moment at Boots and Hearts this year. Well, that's incredibly that's the exciting. Plan. When's well, your next show? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow at the Wee Chief. Wee Chief. Nice. Oh, yeah, and then and then Boots and yeah, Hearts all weekend. And then yeah, it's just going to be a busy month. And then SD and I will go to Burning Man. Oh yes, you're going month. to Burning Hell Man. Yeah. I just saw that you got tickets. Right. Yeah. that is awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. So fourth time going for me. Good, That's like good a, for her. A, vaca- a band vacation. Will you be just playing any? Do you guys are just going on vacation? I, Tim has a dream to bring I the band would like to Burning to, Man. Yeah, to make that happen, to have the band. And the reason being is that. I feel like that would really go there, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And when I've gone there, what really strikes me about Burning Man, because I wasn't sure, you know, I would even like it. I wasn't sure if it would be my thing when I got out there. And then I got there, and I was like, oh, this is my thing. but it's just the amount of work that everybody puts into whatever project it is. It's like nothing is half-assed. It's no. just like so much work. Yeah. And which is my thing. That's why people yeah. liked my parties yeah. at, at Manning. It was like all these details. And I'd spend six months planning them and like put all these details into it. So that when people show up, they're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. And the stuff they do at Burning Man, it's just like it's beyond music genres or anything like that. And so... Experiencing that, I'm like, well, what's the best thing I do? Good enough live karaoke. Yeah. So that's really my motivation of wanting to bring it out is that I, I want to bring the best thing I do and be able to contribute that there. Because mm-hmm. uh, I also realize it's, to me it occurs that like gifting is another thing at Burning Man. You yeah. you know you and so we you know we made buttons one year you know and gave those out. But it's like really the gift is giving the best of what you have. Mm-hmm. And to me like yeah. that's. Uh, so we don't have it planned even for this year of us doing it because I'm still trying to figure out like 
And we're the only two people in the band that go. It's and it's cost prohibitive. There's no you just spend money on Burning Man. There's no money, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. to uh, to it's get a, paid. Yeah, so if, hopefully if, not a lost leader, but definitely it's yeah. It would yeah. definitely but be you, something. But you get yeah. back. Yeah, you you are enriched so by it, the experience. It's just a matter of financing sure. it and figure out how to get the right personnel down there because if I'm going to do it, I want it to be really yeah. good, and so that I'm giving the best of what I have, not. You know, a you know, sort of half-assed version. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I mean, I'm putting the vibes out. I'd love to see that. I think yeah. I would. Play I want to go. Man. Yeah, Let I think you'd love show. it. I would. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> I would love to go. Yeah, but we'd love. Can to I just see say that. though, as far as Tim's dreams go, his previous dream was to get the band to play at a ski resort, and we just did that. Yeah, we did yes. that June second. We played. It was the middle of the summer. But yeah, we played a huge thing for Boston Consulting for 400 people wow. at uh, Mont Tremblant. Oh, awesome. awesome. At the top of the mountain. That yeah. was top really? Yes. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was so and also, cool. it was really cool because SD got to play that one, and you know, we go to. Yeah, we're, you guys are. We're skiers. You love your skiers. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we go to Mont Tremblant at least you know once or twice a season the last few years. So getting to go back there in the summer, and it's like. This is the lodge. Oh, this is where, you know, it's like, it, it looks completely different, but exactly the same. <laughs> and we got so, to take some of the coolest band photos we've ever taken. Yeah, it's at the true. Top of the Just mountain, the views so. up there were amazing. Yeah, that was a fun time for sure. So that was a big check. And now it's on to the next dream, getting the band to Burning Man. Yeah. I, don't think yeah. it's that, I don't think it's that far Treating out of the realm of possibility. members. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Burning Man. Yeah. Just need a sponsor. So if anybody wants to sponsor us <laughs> yeah. to pay for the band to go to Burning Man, Hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk to we'll talk some Monster Energy. Exactly. Yeah, we're we putting there. out the good vibes for I love I love when seeing people set a goal and dream of something and you know, and do it and have it come to fruition and I would love all these things to happen. I still would love ski resorts in the winter. Yeah. We can combine it with skiing. Yeah, because you'll be skiing. <laughs> I think. The Esty and I were able to do 32 days of skiing this last season. Well, I saw you guys were like wow. in the Alps and stuff. We, right? yeah, we yeah. Went, yeah, we went to Austria. We went yeah. to Austria because uh, we, we had these icon passes. So Yes, I I know those. Icon passes. Yes. So you're like, you those are great. Five days un, uh, at all these different resorts, and then unlimited at Blue Mountain, Tremblant. Wow. And we went so, with Steven and Jack. Her, Jack. Yeah, her, yeah, one of the band members. One of the band members. So it was almost a full band. That yeah, was going, you're so. this close, guys. Close. <laughs> Ski season. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Well, so I would exciting. love to see all your dreams come true. Too. Me too. That'll so be nice. so Thank exciting. You. And I'm excited to check out more of your sets and go live. Yeah. I don't know if I you will be singing, to. but you uh, might. I may. I yeah. may. And awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, yeah, guys. That was so fun. I'll see so you fun. on stage. Hell yeah. <laughs> you better. <laughs> love it. Thank you for watching this episode with Good Enough Live Karaoke. You can see their upcoming shows or book them for an event at goodenoughlivekaraoke.com. Find more episodes at castofcreators.com and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or follow wherever you get your podcasts.